Welcome to Now Playing's review of Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Hollywood, here we come! <laughs> Part of our DC Comics movie review series. Batman Returns, Batman Forever! There is no stopping the Batman. Hosted by Arnie. Listen to the camera and say something inappropriate. Stuart. I am the greatest, most feared, most nefarious, most ultimate supervillain the world has ever seen. And Jacob. You guys are goofsters. Always cracking the joke. This podcast contains detailed plot spoilers and mild language. You are the horrible parents! Listener discretion is advised. Are you ready? Mike, camera, and magic. Today we're discussing Teen Titans Go! to the movies. Starring Greg Sipes, Scott Menville, Carrie Payton, Tara Strong, Hinden Walsh, Will Arnett, Kristen Bell, directed by Peter Rita Mikkel and Aaron Horvath. This is Arnie, co-host of Now Playing, and I'm here with my goofsters. Kaka! It's Stuart. You just cracked an egg on it. I did. <laughs> this is the host who is the articulate and the insightful. This is the Jacob. And we are discussing the Teen Titans. I did not like that trailer that came out of Comic-Con. Batman, man, they're really going gritty with this DC stuff. <laughs> it gets darker and darker, doesn't it? You'd think that they would have learned after Justice League, go a little lighter. Actually, I'll admit, when Suicide Squad came out, I'm a little bat curious. I like Batman. I got kind of into DC for a while. I'm like, Teen Titans, it's on TV. I'll try this out. And I don't mind kitty cartoons from time to time. I can still watch them. I still like Animaniacs. I got into, after a little bit of adjustment, the Superhero Squad Marvel show, which I think is a corollary of Teen Titans. But Teen Titans Go, I just could not get into. Well, what version of Teen Titans did you watch? There was Teen Titans that went for like five seasons that had like an anime style. There was Young Justice that I think a lot of people love that it was only out there for a season or two. And then, yes, Teen Titans Go. It was definitely Teen Titans Go. It was the thing that we are watching a movie for now. I had to do research because, first of all, I didn't realize this was actual comic book characters that were adapted to a Cartoon Network show. I thought they just took Robin and made up some funny characters to go along with him as a follow-up to SpongeBob and Powerpuff Girls. But no, no, no. This thing goes all the way back to the 1960s. Kind of, yeah. The concept of the Teen Titans goes back to the 60s, where, yeah, it was all the sidekicks would team up. You had Aqualad and Wonder Girl. But Teen Titans, this specific team that we're seeing of Robin, Cyborg, Beast Boy, Raven, and Starfire, this is from the 80s. I think that's the critical run of the Teen Titans. That's when you have something, a storyline called The Judas Contract, which is one of the first comic book stories to be collected as a graphic novel and sold that way before graphic novels were a common thing. It was such a big story. So yeah, it goes back to the 60s, but this version of the team really took off in the 80s and became very popular. And I know what The Judas Contract is because I was like, I want to see something other than what Cartoon Network is going to do to them. And so I hunted down two 
I don't know where they come from, but DC has all these <laughs> animated movies that suddenly just are streaming at places. You're like, why not? It never came to a theater. I don't know who knows about them or watches them, but they did make a movie. People at Comic-Con, comic book geeks know all about these things. They love them. I own all of them digitally. I've watched about <laughs> half. Okay, well, I saw Justice League versus Teen Titans, and then I saw the Judas Contract, just to give me a perspective of what it might be before it's going to become the lampoony, cartoony show that we're here to talk about today. I wanted to get some sense of what might be mocked. And Teen Titans versus Justice League, well, they're fighting Justice League because they're possessed by something from space that's kind of like this movie yeah it actually was (laughs) but yeah i was a little disappointed that they didn't have some of my favorite characters blue beetle nightwings in it yeah robin dick grayson robin because there's like seven of them yeah when he went off to college he became nightwing and then there is bruce wayne's son Damien? Damien. I love Damien. At least the comic book version. I don't know about this movie you watched. Oh, I didn't like him in this movie. The whole movie was centered around the fact that he was such a know-it-all. Well, yeah, he was raised by the League of Assassins. He's like a 10-year-old ninja who has Batman as a dad. He's a little conceited. Yeah, very conceited in the show. So he was sent away to this reformatory and was taught a lesson and became humble in Justice League versus Teen Titans. And then Judas Contract, yeah, one of their own is a betrayer and working with Well, they call him Deathstroke in that movie, but here he's Slade. Yes, Slade Wilson, the original Deadpool. Yeah, I wonder if they couldn't say death in this cartoon. I mean... There's like a joke about everyone crapping. (laughs) They could say death. This movie goes dark at times with Bruce Wayne's parents and Aqua Baby. (laughs) Yeah, my surprise when I finally got around to getting to the show, I couldn't find Teen Titans, which was the early 2000s version of it i think it's what they're teasing at the end of this movie coming back Stuart, they found a way back i don't know what that means but what this is this teen titans i did watch about three episodes it really did take me back to kind of the smarmy snarky cartoons that i was too old for when they were hitting like spongebob is not my thing i had nieces and such i did see a few episodes even laughed occasionally but it's just a whole breed of show that i know very little about powerpuff girls my only comparative of, of a show that i did watch is it's kind of ren and stimpy i want to be clear though when i saw this i thought okay this is for kids i was too old for it but it actually has a very adolescent sense of humor it's not for children i wouldn't take young children to this movie it it earns its pg and i did finally get through some teen titans go they had a tie-in to this movie called teen titans go hollywood it was a half hour 45 minute special i don't know which it taped for 45 minutes but it seemed like only 30 of it was actually related to this it was hosted by robin who gave some glimpses into this movie and In the first half of it, they decide to make their own movie. It starts with them going to see a movie, and they're going to go see Babies vs. Dogs. And they did have some good self-referential jokes. Cyborg goes, that cheap cartoon show that plays nonstop. And then Starfires, they expect me to do the leaving of the house and do the paying of the good monies for something we could watch while staying upon the couch here in our own house? This is kind of how I felt about paying to go see Teen Titans go to the movies in theaters. Why are they doing this? It's still an active television show. They're still producing it. The closest I can come up with is when I went and saw Smurfs the movie in like 1981 or whatever, just as a sheer money grab, but... 
Transformers used it to transform the entire plane, but just to take the cartoon and get it writ large, what's the point? I can think of a more recent example that you asked me to go see, Clone Wars. I just lost a bet. I just said there would be no reason to bring up Clone Wars during this podcast because somebody said they wanted you to compare and contrast Robin and Stinky. Oh, come on. There's no comparison. But for Clone Wars, they were launching something. It was the first time we'd ever seen the Clone Wars. This is mid-run active television cartoon and it doesn't even seem like the animation's any better this thing had a budget of only like 10 million dollars yeah it the animation looks like it does on the tv show which i know all about because Stuart, you got to leave your kids in the sewer because my seven-year-old daughter loves teen titans go like she has seen every episode i was watching some clips on youtube and like it would show a 15 second clip and she's like okay let me tell you all about that episode and like she had them down it's really weird to see but i guess this is the modern age where you could never read a comic book and know all about comic book superheroes with the marvel films and yeah she loves this teen titans go and when i watched it if I was a kid i'd like this sense of humor i like the more absurd wacky stuff when i was a kid like you know, with Looney Tunes, or you had your Bugs Bunny stories, but every once in a while, they just had like an absurd cartoon where it's just wacky stuff, and there was no storyline. Those were always my favorite, and that's kind of how this feels. Almost like, yeah, Ren and Stimpy, just all over the place. I, I asked my super fan daughter, you know, what are the episodes like? Are they always fighting bad guys? Are they just doing weird and funny things? She said, oh, most of the time, it's just them, like, you know, going about their day and just doing weird and funny stuff. Like, it's not your typical superhero cartoon where they're fighting a different villain every time. No, it seems like they're the kids that are just hanging out, doing what teens do, and maybe resentful that they're not respected as superheroes, but also not ready or even attempting to do what other superheroes heroes do when they go to the movies it reminds me of our detective agency Stuart, because (laughs) i think when i see teen titans in the cartoon and the comic book which i've read a couple of the biggest thing i know about them is like when they rebooted with the new 52 there was a huge hullabaloo because somebody claimed they sexualized underage teens with how they drew starfire and her wardrobe Nah, they're not i mean they're teens Yeah, they talked about sleeping around, and they were going for a more modern-day teen vibe. I gotta say, the Starfire that's in that Judas contract, I thought came from, like, the heavy metal comic or something. Like, I don't know what... I don't even know what they were going for with that. But yeah, this is more like a Powerpuff version of that in this movie. But is yeah, is she normally some kind of sex kitten from space? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it depends who's writing it, but yes, she has been played that way. But the reason I say that is, I think the cartoon, comic book, adult version is what we wanted to be when we started like a detective agency, or if as tweens we would have wanted to be superheroes. And Teen Titans Go! is what we actually were. We're like, we'll be a detective agency, let's get a theme song. Like, the number one thing about detecting is not actually knowing how to follow a clue, but how to have a theme song. Mm-hmm. I wanted that hat like Encyclopedia Brown. <laughs> It's all about costuming. But yeah, I do think that I was just surprised. I was like, I'm going to hate this thing. And every now and then I would laugh out loud. I'd be like, they would get me with one joke. They'd throw 40 at the wall and one of them would work. In this movie or on the show? The show. I felt that way about the Teen Titans Go Hollywood. But then they had another episode where like, it was all about dude bros and dude code and things. And I didn't laugh once. It's not 
my type of show. I'll be completely honest. I was dreading this movie. I really was. I felt like there was no way I would go to a screening that wasn't like the gremlins watching Snow White. There would be popcorn and la la and... I mean, did you see Lego in theaters? You like that? Or at least Batman Lego. I went and I saw that... On a weekday, it came out in, like, January, it was school time, I took my lunch hour and went to see that, and there were just a couple of kids. But I thought this being summertime, kids everywhere, aimed even younger, I felt, than the Lego movies, that it's not that I don't like kids, I love kids, I don't like rude movie patrons of any age. And the few times I've gone and seen Kids Fair... Like, when I'm babysitting, I actually saw the Tigger movie in theaters, if you can imagine that nightmare. I cannot. <laughs> I cannot. And I was with the rudest child there, who couldn't even have the attention span of the Tigger movie. But it also seems to me, during kids' movies, parents feel like, unlike more adult fare, where they ask their kids to be quiet, in a cartoon, they're like, this is a cartoon. Kids are supposed to be noisy in a cartoon. And I'm supposed to surf my cell phone during the cartoons. It's rude adults, rude kids. I so won the movie lottery. I went Monday night at 7.30 hoping it wouldn't be too crowded. I was all alone. It was a private screening. I was like singing hallelujah. Plus, I'd forgotten my notepad. I had no way to take notes. I was completely alone. I whipped out my phone. I took all my phones digitally. Well, you were the adult on the phone then. (laughs) Yeah, but it was a private screening. The only person I could annoy was me. If there had been one other person in that theater, I wouldn't have done it. Or at least sit behind them. I had a few more. There was probably more previews than kids. I think there was a two brothers that were there and a mom and two other really young ones. And that was it. And I went middle of a Saturday afternoon, took the seven-year-old, super excited. And it was almost sold out. Now, it was a really small theater. There was maybe 50 seats in the theater. And yeah, there was a lot of kids and with their parents. But I don't feel like I had that experience you dreaded, Arnie. There wasn't a whole lot of talking. There was laughing, but there wasn't a whole lot of inappropriate talking or cell phone usage. Just kids and their parents watching Teen Titans go. Yeah, I don't know that the expectations are high for this. I mean, yes, you could say that it bombed because it came in fifth. For the weekend, we're recording this a week after it came out, so we happen to know. We're not, we're not speculating how audiences are receiving it. We have cold hard data, and it's definitely no Clone Wars. It's no Mamma Mia 2 in its second week. It couldn't even beat that. Oh my god, I left into last week's Mission Impossible show is where we <laughs> predicted Team Titans was supposed to come in at number two. Did the patrons get to hear that hot take? That's <laughs> totally wrong. <laughs> they did, and so regular people got to hear that too, but what wasn't in the final show is according to all box office predictions teen titans go to the movies was supposed to come in at 20 to 25 million it's rare that they're off by 50 percent in their projections this came in at 10 now it only cost 10 so kudos you've done better than justice league as far as cost to income (laughs) ratio and they got a lot of advertisements for other shows they're going to be doing here. I feel like it's a win-win. It's a commercial, man. I, I will say that. My biggest criticism is, yeah, we get two commercials for two different cartoon series. Plus, I guess it's also a commercial for Teen Titans Go. Yeah, that's what I mean. They've raised their profile. I wasn't really aware of the show, and now I am. I'm here to talk about it, and 
yeah, I think that if it broke even in theaters, that'll just mean that it could bring more eyeballs in the fall when it launches in just a couple weeks. See, and my feeling is, based on the numbers, the people who went are the people who are already watching the show, but... Hey, I'm sure it's going to sell like gangbusters on DVD. My prediction after seeing the box office is now the Teen Titans will go direct to video from now on and probably make more money that way. Do people buy DVDs anymore? Well, they pay for digital purchases, too. Go to a Walmart. They're still buying DVDs. Mm, No. Here's what I can say is I know cartoons sell more than even movies, because parents buy them for their kids. We're going on a road trip. Let's grab this Teen Titans thing, and we'll play it in the back of our van. It's that kind of thing. I know Barney and those things sold huge on VHS, and to this day, kids' cartoons sell well because parents just put them on a loop, never-ending. And hey, it's a $10 babysitter. Well, what do you think about this show, DC Superhero Girls? Uh, We get a surprise to me before this movie even is going to begin... We get a short for something. I, I did a little research. It's coming. It's It will be somewhere. DC Superhero Girls, it's already toys. And I think they have some comics for it. What's telling to me, like I turned to the seven-year-old and said, what do you think of that? Because she loves girly things. Starfire is her favorite character. I know the whole ranking of her favorite characters in Teen Titans Go. And she's said no go to Superhero Girls. I admire Superhero Girls in this way. I'm deep enough into comics culture and geek culture and Comic-Con and things that I keep up with the latest controversies. And there'd been a huge push saying that comic books were too aimed at straight white men. And that's why Starfire wore the outfit she wore and why you sexualize teenagers and why there weren't enough women and people of color creating comics. And they made an initiative to try and bring more women into comics in the same way they have a forces of destiny line of dolls for star wars so it's like you can get a kenish luke or a chewbacca where you comb his hair and marvel is doing that what marvel unlimited or whatever that all girl team marvel rising yes marvel rising which had been threatened to be a feature film this year but now appears to just be launching as two mini films on Disney Network, and we don't have to cover those. Oh, thank God. That's the only reason I know about it. I keep, like, putting it on the schedule and waiting for a release date. You don't want to see Squirrel Girl? No. But (laughs) I applaud these efforts to take this stuff, especially female superheroes, and aim them for females, and to give non-sexualized, girly representations of them. But from what I can tell you from my closing Toys R Us... Those toys did not sell. I went to my Toys R Us on the last day. They had so many DC Superhero Girls figures for like a quarter, and nobody was buying them. Well, did you buy the late Batsy? I was a little disappointed. It has nothing to do with F. Scott Fitzgerald. (laughs) (laughs) I was so confused. I thought this was the movie. I really did. Wait, wait, wait. You said the title wrong. It's actually hashtag the last Batsby. Because hashtags are cool and modern with the kids. But I thought this was the movie. I thought this was like the intro. I thought Batgirl was going to be a new Teen Titan because she's talking about how she can't leave the house until her dad goes to sleep, Commissioner Gordon, and he's watching television and brushing his teeth and just not going to sleep. And I'm like, wow, this looks different than the cartoon. And 
is this what it's going to be? And Wonder Woman and the other adult heroes aren't going to wait for Batgirl. And I'm taking notes furiously, like, okay, what's going on here? There's a Batgirl theme and a laptop screen and there's a clock with a bat signal. I'm taking all these notes and then I'm like, wait, we're starting with a cartoon. I should have predicted it based on when we do Pixar and things like that, but I did not expect an intro cartoon. Yeah, and again, this feels like a commercial. It kind of just ends. It feels like this is a clip from an episode. I I guess the joke is Batgirl was so worried about getting there late, she's there first and gets frozen. Yeah, which is not a joke. I want to point out that's not any kind of joke. No, it's not a joke. It's it's awful. Yeah, they they do structure it, even the, the play on words title and all. Knowing that this is coming from Warner Brothers Animation, we're even going to get a reference to Daffy Duck and Porky in a second. I do think that that is the comedy styling that they're going for. They want it to feel like an old Tex Avery, Looney Tunes kind of show. It's that kind of madcap and manic. And that could be fun. These characters I didn't have a whole lot of familiarity with, other than some of them were female versions of characters I know as men, like... Green Lantern is suddenly a woman. There's a lot of lanterns. But, yeah, it doesn't really do a good job of introducing the characters. And the only thing I'd say that I made note of was that the theme song kind of sounded like a 90s girl group, like Letters to Cleo or something (laughs) like that, covering the Batman theme. I did kind of like the Batgirl theme. It was not as good as the 60s Batman Batgirl theme, but it was okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I feel like they're onto something there, but uh, either show us it or don't. Uh, that was my attitude about late bad speed. I have one question for you, Jacob. Maybe you don't know, but when I saw Mr. Freeze, it hit me. DC, we have reviewed DC animation before, Mask of the Phantasm, one of our most controversial reviews ever, but I was having a conversation with some friends And they tried to convince Marjorie. Marjorie, who does not like DC Universe, you need to watch the entire Batman the Animated Series from 1993. Oh, that's that's going to (laughs) happen. And what they pointed out, and this is interesting, and I do have a question out of this, is DC has created this extravagant animation universe that started with that Batman series. And then the Superman series and Batman Beyond and a ton of these direct-to-video movies, they're all in the same continuity. It may be the single most continuity-heavy television property of all time. I'm not sure I understand. Are you saying Teen Titans Go is in the same universe as Batman the Animated Series? Because I'm going to call BS on that theory. (laughs) Well, I was wondering that because I look at Mr. Freeze here. And this is the Mr. Freeze art from the Batman cartoons. Yeah, that that is true. It's that same design as the Batman animated series, Mr. Freeze. Yeah, so I was wondering, is this superhero girls in this ginormous DC animated universe? Is this quote-unquote canon that I'm seeing? Uh, I don't think so. I Again, maybe the hardcore fans have some timeline where this all works. I'm sure Batgirl showed up in the animated series. I don't know how it's going to jive with her spying on her dad via webcams to get out of the house. Would it make a difference in people watching? Like, I don't really want to see this, but all of a sudden, now that they're telling me it's based on a cartoon I saw 20 years ago, that I, I will? I make no mistake of the geek attachment to canon i found that out when star wars decided that 20 years of books didn't matter 
Oh, the Twitter rage, impotent rage of geek. That seems to be an issue, and I, I think it's more a problem for the viewer and their expectations than it is for what animators might want to do today with a property. I just think, let people be creative. Let it change. I have a hard time believing that the Dark Knight Returns and Year One adaptation are the same universe as Teen Titans Go. Right. But why don't we find out what Teen Titans Go to the movies to do, Arnie? Give them the plot. Should be quick. <laughs> it is. The Teen Titans are a superhero team consisting of Robin the Boy Wonder, Beast Boy, who can turn into any animal so long as it's green, Raven, a half-demon girl who can make portals, alien princess Starfire, and robotic humanoid Cyborg. They've all had their own adventures, but when the new movie, Batman Again, comes out... I did like that, I did, too. (laughs) It's true. Like, uh, really? How many of those are they going to do? Robin feels left out as a superhero group without their own movie. But Superman, voiced by Nicolas Cage, tells the team they aren't real superheroes until they have an arch nemesis. So they detect a crime and find that a science lab is being robbed by criminal Slade. Who, again, yes, I know him as Deathstroke. I don't know why they never say Deathstroke. I still think that they can make poop jokes but not say death in this kitty cartoon. I mean, they they describe Deadpool and want him to make Deadpool-style jokes in this kitty cartoon. Yeah, there's one joke in here that's way hot, but I I don't think that they were above going South Park from time to time. But Slade is voiced by Will Arnett. Robin says Slade will be their arch enemy, but Slade easily defeats the kids with his mental domination. The Titans come back strong and take the text Slade had stolen, so Slade sets his sights on the Titans, posing as famous director Jade Wilson, voiced by Kristen Bell, She offers the teens their own movie, but really feeds Robin's ego and ends up convincing Robin to make a solo film without them. It's just like that episode of Saved by the Bell, isn't it? Mm. When the Titans separate, Slade convinces Robin to open the Teen Titans vault and steal his tech back. But the Titans reform and defeat Slade. And while Superman and the adult heroes tell the Titans they have an arch nemesis in Slade, the teens decide they don't need a movie. They've been heroes all along. As they sing a song and credits roll. Now, what of many jokes on Marvel uh, we get right from the get-go here. Flipping comic book pages. It's going to turn out it's just a seagull reading a graphic novel. <laughs> but they are in love in so many ways with the idea of having a laugh at Marvel. They know Marvel is winning the movie war. And they, they may be winning the TV war now that they're here at the movies in a hundred different ways, they're going to make those jokes. Well, yeah, I do feel like this is DC's weird attempt at a Deadpool movie, but it's for kids. So yeah, it's going to lampoon Marvel. It's going to lampoon DC a lot. And it is so weird that just a couple of weeks ago at Comic-Con, we had our F Batman Teen Titans trailer because I don't know, like I look at that Shazam trailer. I look at this movie. Yeah. Why, why can't it be lighter? You guys aren't winning by going so dark. Have some fun. Smile. All right, here's what I'm just going to say I was thinking for the entire runtime of this movie. Didn't we just review this last year as Lego Batman? All of the Marvel references, all of the winking asides, all of the in-jokes. It just feels like Lego beat DC to their own punchline here. So much of what we're going to talk about feels like down to Will Arnett. I mean, Will Arnett was in... 
the Batman Lego movie, he produced this film. Did he just go back to DC and like, now let's do this with Teen Titans. I'll play Slade. I will say this isn't like new. This has, again, been on for like five seasons. So before Lego Batman, there was a Teen Titans Go and it's always had this style of humor. And I would also say that anytime a TV character goes to the movies, there usually is a self-referential parody about that. I mean, even when the Muppets came back or even the original Muppet movie was about taking the show on the road. All of this humor. I'm just going to call it out. This whole idea of self-referential, break the fourth wall, everything's a gag, it's really not about the plot, to me always boils back to The Simpsons. It is always, in the end, that is the Rosetta Stone in which all animators today go back and say, how can we do it with our properties? And I love The Simpsons. I want to put it out there. I know I'm perceived probably half correctly as an animation hater because I really don't like child animation but i love the simpsons and if you can do subversive humor with an animated setting i'm on board lego batman movie i was surprised i didn't think i would like it and we'll talk about the ways that it's different i do think it ended up being a little bit more plot heavy and a little bit more trying in its running time i'm just glad this is 88 minutes because i said that with lego batman i was worn down by the end of that one this is the right length yeah i i felt like this was much easier to watch than lego batman but yes it has the same attitude of we're here to satirize we are not here to lionize superheroes and i think that it even goes down to the songs. I mean, at the beginning of Lego Batman, Will Arnett comes in as Batman and sings that, I really like that Batman song about who never pays his taxes. Here, we get the inflated destroyer. Is that a real character, Jacob? I don't think so. I mean, I guess I could have looked it up, but I don't think Balloon Man. I wouldn't be surprised, though. I mean, there are a lot. Of, there's Chemo, one of my favorite DC supervillains in the comics. Please tell me he's not fighting cancer. Wow. No, it's it's from like the 50s. And it was a human shaped like that, that this mad scientist would pour all his chemicals into that failed. Like they didn't do what they were supposed to. And like this mixture of chemicals makes this this human shaped vat of chemicals like come to life. It's just it's just crazy. So is there a balloon man? Probably. <laughs> but when they are talking to him initially, what do they do? They do this big rap number to say who they are instead of actually taking him seriously. And this is, I think, the show theme. This is how they're introduced. It's a, it's a really, it's very good shorthand to let you know if you hadn't seen the TV show or didn't even really know DC characters proper, what they're all about, who they are and individually what they can do. This is not the show theme. I did ask my daughter. I'm like, Oh, do they always do that rap? Is like that the opening song? She's like, No, that's, she said all the songs are new to this movie. I did like the beat, like pretty good, uh, song to get into the origins of these characters. Like I think most people know who Robin is, but yeah, Starfire. Did you know she was an alien that shoots energy beams or that Raven is the daughter of a demon? So if you don't know all that, you just got to listen to this rap song and you get it all. Good luck, because those lyrics went by at a flying pace. I'd have to actually have the CD to listen. I caught Starfire saying she was an alien. I never knew who Raven was. I didn't even know half these characters' names, honestly. I thought Beast Boy was actually named Animal. I did like that during the song, he turns into the Muppet (laughs) animal, which is a Disney character, so yet razzing Disney even more. I was surprised how much I liked Cyborg 
more here than I did in <laughs> Justice League. He's much more fun when he's popping in tapes like Teddy Ruxpin and just throwing the jokes. And I will say, I, I'm always open to this team because it does have Beast Boy, who he comes from the Doom Patrol, which is probably my favorite comic book team. Like Not Champions of the Unknown? Not Challengers, excuse me. <laughs> challengers of the Unknown, no. They are appropriately dealt with in this movie. They should be unknown. I don't like them, but I love Doom Patrol. That's where Beast Boy first showed up. So, yeah, I always like seeing him on screen. I can't decide if I like Beast Boy or not. He's all of his, we're going, yo. I, I just can't decide. He reminds me, for some reason, of a green Aziz Azari. Well, I looked up the voice actor. He also does Michelangelo for the Turtles. So, there you go. <laughs> I, I'm going to just say it. I For the men characters, I like them all. The women, I, I don't feel like I get from this movie. I did see, like I said, those Teen Titan movies. I did understand more of the backstory of Starfire. She just is like a power puff thing here. I, I don't think I would even notice her in this. And Raven, yeah, she just seems like a weird goth. But the, yeah, she has a really interesting story with her dad being in her head and being this demon. Uh, I feel like the women are underserved in this movie. But yeah, all the guys are fun, particularly Robin with his issues about small hands. And Is that a Trump joke? I honestly, I don't know this cartoon enough to know. But when I hear small hands jokes... I think of our president. Yes, I'm like, man, they're really going after Trump in this kid's cartoon. I asked my daughter, is this a thing on the cartoon that they make fun of Robin's baby hands? She just started giggling. Yes, it is. It's one of her favorite gags. Yeah, I I think I saw it in the episodes that I watched. And again, I only saw a couple, but I think it, it's a running gag. They always go to it. He's a vulnerable Robin. I, I think a Robin as primarily being Burt Ward incarnation. And as such, you know, he was such a suck up to Batman. This is much more of a resentful, I want to be a star Robin. And yeah, the real Justice League comes in to, to defeat Balloon Man while they're making fart jokes and making air come out of his butt. I'm not a fan of toilet humor. And they have a lot of it in this. Oh, you're going to get a lot of toilet humor here. <laughs> oh, first of all, I'm going to call bullshit. You are a fan of toilet humor. <laughs> no, I'm a fan of raunch in terms of sex, but I don't like bodily function humor. Okay. If it involves caca or pee-pee to go to this audience's level, I'm not down. I do not like fart jokes ever. Yeah, I'm just trying to find the boundaries because I do feel like there are a lot of jokes here that were actually used in the latest Deadpool movie. Like, we will see them poke fun at Green Lantern's movie. It's right here. That he comes down and goes, we don't talk about that film. I mean, they will make the same targets, but yes, they will skew their jokes more for a younger audience, and they will not go for raunch. They will go for bathroom, toilet humor, but not raunch. So it's a subtle distinction. To me, it's the same thing. Now, to me, I find it very different. I don't know. I just, there's nothing funny about anal emissions to me, ever. But I will say, while that's not my favorite type of humor, I did kind of laugh at the porcupine quilts and hitting Balloon Man in the butt. And the best joke of this entire movie, it was spoiled for me before I even saw it, but they got Nicolas Cage as Superman? Finally, Nicolas Cage as Superman? Again, yeah, all the jokes that they couldn't work into Lego Batman are here. It's the same kind of thing. The animation style is very different, but the targets are all the same. And again, I'll throw Deadpool and Guardians as well. They're, they, they're even mistaken for Guardians of the Galaxy. I do think that if that is the kind of superhero movie you like, 
then whether you like animated movies or kiddie films or not, you probably have a good shot at liking this team. I found myself liking this team in this intro. Yeah, I'll say this. I, I don't know if I'd watch this every week, episode to episode, but if I got to take my daughter to go see a movie and I'm into comic books and I like DC, like this is hitting a spot. Like I'm not a Teen Titans Go fan where I've watched every episode, but yeah, I like the references because I'm part of that subculture. I agree. I'm enjoying this opening actually more than I expected to. I'm sitting there. I'm smiling. I enjoyed the music that they sung. I'm enjoying the self-referential jokes, you know, and it's current too. the fact that Wonder Woman is saying it took a while, but now I have my own movie. Well, it wasn't all that long ago. You know, you're keeping up with the times. And yes, I do feel after two Deadpool movies, Green Lantern is too easy a target, but go ahead, make fun of yourself. They also are going to make fun of the Zack Snyder universe in this. That is perhaps my favorite joke is, what's your mother's name? Martha. My mommy's name, Martha. What's your father's name? Yeah. I mean, you have to like superhero movies in order to laugh at this. I do not think that you could just take any old children that haven't seen the films and have them go to this. They might get high off of the energy level. There is a sugar rush to just having anybody speak this fast and jump around and throw things at you. But I don't think that they'll be laughing at the wit and the humor and the craft of the jokes unless they've seen movies that we have. Well, I have not shown my daughter Batman v Superman or Suicide Squad. That probably is never going to happen. <laughs> she can make those choices when she's an adult. Or Green Lantern. <laughs> Recommend from Arnie. I'll show it to her. <laughs> but she's enjoying this. Yeah, for the fart jokes. Look, there is a like hobo guy walking down the street right at the beginning. And she's like, it's Stinky Joe. And so I had to learn who Stinky Joe was. Like, he doesn't do anything in this movie, but he just gets a shot. He's a hobo character that I guess shows up pretty regularly on the cartoon. So, yes, she's enjoying this for the Teen Titans Go TV style humorings that she loves. And I'm enjoying it, yeah, for the parody of all the big movies that I've seen. And that's where I think this excels is more than the Teen Titans Go television stuff I watched is this Stuart, you said they're throwing 40 jokes at you and one may stick, but the same thing for the kids. The jokes that are going over their head, there's a lot of potty humor here that's aimed right at them. I honestly feel like this is up there with some of the best animated movies I've seen in theaters as far as having appeal to both the parents and the kids so long as everybody's familiar with what's going on here. If you've never heard of Teen Titans and never seen a superhero movie... You're all going to be lost. Yeah, but it's Gen X, so it's a pretty good chance that Gen X parents know all about this stuff and have raised their kids this way. You know the cartoon I was really thinking about? Charlie Brown. When we kind of get into the plot... Ooh, don't bring that up. Oh, no, it's very much the idea of no dogs allowed. You know, like, the idea is they just want to be included, and all the adults have their own world. They come in, Justice League kills Balloon Man, turns him into a little squeak toy, and then they're off to the... The movie premiere and it just keeps getting thrown in their face that they're not old enough to be taken seriously i do feel bad for robin that we're gonna get a utility belt movie before he <laughs> ever gets a film i did like the jokes about the batman movies and alfred 
the ultimate grime fighter. I mean, they're being clever here. Utility belt, you put things in it. I mean, every poster sign is a joke. There's Roar Shack, which I guess is like a radio shack. Or I liked Jonah Rex and Aquamanity. Yes, Jonah Rex. I was just going to say that one. Yeah. I mean, they're puns. I'm not going to call brilliance on this. No, not brilliant, but it's entertaining to look for. Again, for me, it's what can I just like see in the background that's funny that's there for the adults. Yeah, I definitely think that if you were watching that at home, it might be better because you could freeze frame and you could savor some of these tableaus as we're whisking through them. I know that Superman on one poster had a mustache. Again, it's a common joke at this point, but I I think they got to make it, you know, like they're going to throw that in. There's nothing that they're going to withhold. Yeah, I think their best point here is willingness to make fun of themselves. Like, they're in on the jokes that everybody's making. Because I gotta would think that even DC fans, even those ones out there still calling for the Snyder cut of that terrible movie, are gotta be just acknowledging the fact that that's some bad CGI and just admitting to some of the faults. But I wish I knew the DC universe better, because if this was Marvel... I'm sure I'd be rolling around just enjoying it. I'm like, oh, I know that character. That's Plastic Man. Oh, there's Jonah Hex and there's Swamp Thing. But there's so many characters I don't know the names of. And I was like that. I'm like, wow, Detective Chip is finally in a movie. There's some guy who has a white head and like a half gray body and half orange body. And he was on a record I had as a kid. Metamorpho. Yes, Metamorpho. I had a record with him on it as a kid, but I could not remember enough of him to even look him up. I mean, we even get a shot of Elongated Man, which, I don't know, maybe that's your crude style humor, Arnie. You could probably take that somewhere. He just feels like a Plastic Man ripoff. And we get a really dirty Plastic Man joke, I feel like. They ask a superhero. I believe it's Supergirl. Who are you wearing? And it's Plastic Man. That? Hmm. Okay. I didn't think of it as that dirty a joke, but I thought it was funny. Now, one of the things that if you're keyed into, like you guys are, all of this superhero lore, you might know when Kristen Bell's character, it's a, it's a star director who makes all the superhero films. Her name is Jade Wilson. Most people are going to know right away. This is Deathstroke and Drag. No, I didn't know. I just knew something was up because, come on, you're telling me that the biggest director in Hollywood's female? You know that the moguls will never let that happen. Uh, Wonder Woman has broken that. It's just with all the Me Too stuff, I just couldn't. I would love it if there was a female Steven Spielberg. I just don't think we're there yet. But it wasn't until halfway through the movie I went, oh, Jade Wilson, Slade Wilson, Wade Wilson. Maybe because I'm into DC. I don't think they say Slade Wilson in this movie. Again, I asked my daughter, did you know that? They didn't. They never said Slade Wilson. Okay. And I asked her, I'm like, did you know Slade's last name was Wilson? Because she was totally shocked. That Jade was actually Deathstroke. I knew right when they told me the name. Oh, I didn't know it was Deathstroke and Drag. I thought, oh, it's his daughter and they're working together. I mean, I didn't get it till much later in the film. But once I realized the whole name thing, once I did my internet research afterwards, I was like, oh, uh, people would be in on this. They would be laughing when they would see this director coming out. And it is kind of a funny bit when you realize her plan is if they're here watching Batman again, they're going to turn off their cell phone. They're going to have no way of knowing that Jump City is going to be under attack that star labs is being broken into and when slade looks at the audience and says because they're polite and turned off their phones he's looking right at me sitting dead in the center of the theater (laughs) taking my notes on my cell phone i'm like 
What do you mean, Slay? Who are you talking about? So there's an advantage to Teen Titans being misfits, to not being allowed on the red carpet, to, yeah, you know, Raven has a portal that will solve all problems, really. Gets them in briefly for the screening, but ultimately Robin, through his hubris, wanting to be considered movie-worthy, gets them all thrown out, and that means that they can actually fight the crime that the adults won't let them do. I will say, I do like this conflict with Robin wanting to have his own movie. I just think about my daughters, and oh no, when when are they going to want to get on social media and have an Instagram account? And It just seems like that's a thing. It's just, I gotta get the likes, I gotta get the clicks. She's seven and doesn't have it yet? I'm honestly shocked. Oh no, we, we heavily monitor their computer use, because we don't don't want them into that. We, we want them to be weird. We want them to be misfits like the Teen Titans. We don't want them to be doing duck lips for Instagram. Yeah, I, I hear you. That sounds like a very modern take. Again, my reference, just showing you how old I am, probably, is I was thinking of Peanuts and, you know, like, <laughs> it just, he can't kick the football and, like, it's just something you want to do for young animated characters. You want to create the idea that the adult world is unfair. And excluding and that, yeah, it's it's the most important thing a child could want is the acceptance of being mature. And as a counterpoint of view, I think Robin's a little spoiled asshole. He's my least favorite Titan because it's all about me, 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 me. I want a movie, not we should have a movie. I want a movie. And the team is so supportive. Like Robin wants a movie. Let's do everything we can to get Robin a movie. Let's do the stop motion felt animation just so Robin can feel like he has a movie. And he's like, but it's not a real movie. I need a movie. I am Robin. This entire movie, I can't decide if he's supposed to be sympathetic or if, if the joke is he's actually this really abusive, horrible friend, and yet people keep supporting him. He's got to learn a lesson, and you see that when he has this dream. He literally thinks of himself as the king. He like he is Simba being shown to all the superheroes by Batman. I, <laughs> I love, love that. They, they change the animation style. They're pouncing around like animals. Me and the daughter really laughed out loud during this part. Yeah, so many jokes. It's hard for me to comment. Some work, some don't. But I do think they pull a lot of references that are multi-generational. And chances are, even if you don't know superhero movies, they're going to spoof something that you know here. Here it's The Lion King. But to Arnie's point, I mean, yeah, I think that in a group of kids, there is always the narcissist. And that is what Robin is. I mean, Facts of Life, it was Blair. I mean, I I feel like there's always (laughs) that character. I can relate to them. And yeah, we want them to learn that lesson. This is ultimately a kid's film. He will be sort of taught that lesson. They never totally change. But yes, he will pay a heavy price by going it alone and pursuing fame over his other friends. But yeah, they do go up against Slade here that first night, and the Deadpool jokes were in the trailer, and it's what made me less loathsome to go to the theater. I'm like, you know, if they're going to make Deadpool jokes and who came first, this could be more up my alley than what I've seen in the TV show, and absolutely no disappointment, you know? Look at the camera and say something inappropriate. And I even am kind of going with the silly stuff. Like every time he says Slade, it's like echoing and they're all like, yes, children love that when they're like Slade, Slade. You got to say it. Yeah. Dramatically. I noticed at the end it's Slade. It's got to end in duh. (laughs) 
I mean, this is a Warner Brothers picture, but I do feel like they were given their freedom to do what they... I mean, there's a Stan Lee cameo in this. Yeah, again, it's his voice. It's not just someone saying, let's poke fun at his habitual... No, I looked that up. I'm like, is that really Stan Lee? And it is. Yeah, and I like that it's a two-parter. Like, he runs off at the beginning because he finds that he's in a DC movie. Then later he comes back and like, I don't care. I love making cameos. And that is probably his life. I mean, he would probably cameo in just about anything if they'd pay him. And they just literally went to his house with a recording guy and put a microphone in front of his face to get the lines. But it's great. It really... Is this a Marvel movie now? (laughs) I'm confused (laughs) as to which retrospective I'm in. Yeah, if you had wanted the live-action movies to have more fun, they're overcompensating. Maybe too much for you, but they're overcompensating here in Teen Titans. And I think a lot of people that might be disappointed with some of those DC live-action films might be actually really enjoying what's going on here. There's just enough plot to keep me engaged, but I recognize it's mostly just a joke mill. Yeah, I'm enjoying the more absurdist parts. Again, there's a, I'm like, wow, is this going to be a musical? Well, the music kind of dies off by the second half. We'll, we'll get a few pieces, but we get a lot of songs here. Is it wrong that I really enjoy the Michael Bolton song? No, I, I, I listened to the soundtrack afterwards. I'm like, I actually want to hear all of this again. <laughs> My personal favorite is the electronic DJing that they do on Krypton. Yes. Krypton, yes. <laughs> That was just a fun dance beat. It was actually pretty good, I thought. Yeah, but my favorite part is, yeah, their plot, you know, they can't get their own movie, so let's just get rid of all superheroes. If we're the only ones, then they gotta let us star in it, so they're gonna use the, what, the the power of radness to go back in time. And I love the music used here. They actually use the Back to the Future Sylvestri score, and then they just jump into Back in Time with Huey Lewis and... Aha, take on me. I mean, again, a million things flying at you here. The best joke lives in this sequence. I have to say, and I was shocked, and I'm still shocked (laughs) that it's in there. Is it the Batman one? The Batman one, yes. (laughs) We are going to go stop these people from having their origin stories. Krypton, okay, they shame the parents and say you're bad for putting little Kal-El in the Donner star and sending him away. It's a, it's very much looking at the Donner verse at that time. I enjoyed Aquaman just being defeated by the, like a a soda can rings. Here's the thing. My daughters cut those rings up because they don't want fish to get hurt, get caught in them. And so yeah, I thought that was pretty dark. Baby Aquaman getting stuck in one of those. I was wondering, did they kill him? Because they said they started off by saying they didn't want to kill the superheroes. They just want to make their lives happy. All superheroes come from some place of darkness. So let's go make it not dark. And the Batman one. Thanks for taking me to this movie in this incredibly (laughs) dangerous neighborhood, Mom and Dad. Yeah, they send him to Happy Lane so they don't get mugged. And take Mama Wayne's pearls away. And then when they realize that this will only cause supervillains to flourish. Yeah, I didn't notice them taking the pearls away, but I did see them putting the pearls back on her (laughs) and shove her into that alley. I was, I gasped. I was like, that was super dark. That's South Park. You you have straddled this. Sometimes this is Powerpuff. Sometimes this is Disney. A lot of times this is Lego Batman. But every now and then it's Simpsons, Family Guy, or even South Park. That hits South Park level. It was dark that they, they just pushed him down there. I mean, 
they did kill all the Kryptonians, and I thought that was a little something that they went back and smashed the crystals, and just the look on Jor-El and his wife's face. One confused me. Are Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles considered DC? They actually turn the turtles around so they don't walk into the ooze. I think Viacom, don't they own Nickelodeon, who owns the rights to turtles? I know they've had crossovers recently. There is a Batman Ninja Turtles crossover in the comics. Hmm. I mean, they're not considered superheroes. We cover the movies. I'm not worried about having to see the movies. We've already done it. <laughs> well, they got more movies than Robin did. Yeah, true. I couldn't tell if that was an out-of-universe joke. I mean, when I'm seeing as much out-of-universe as I am, I'm just rolling with it. I'm like, aha, they decided to bring in the Turtles. I never thought about corporate mergers. And, God, Disney's probably going to own them all before the end of the decade, but... I did think that was a little dark to push them down there to kill Bruce Wayne's parents. But there is another plot going on. Slade Wilson wanted to steal this red power gem from Star Labs. The Jargon Dichromian Crystals. I mean, again, it's called Jargon because they just know it doesn't matter. It's a big MacGuffin and it, we don't know what it, it's supposed to power the Doomsday device. Is yes. that why he needs it? Yes. I barely paid attention to all of that. But behind the scenes of all of this, the plot is leading us to the idea that Deathstroke or Slade is going to Take advantage of movies. I mean, if this is Teen Titans going to the movies, he's looking at where movies are going, and it is streaming platforms. He's invented a killer Netflix <laughs> called the Doomsday Device, and through the work of his gender flip alter ego, they're going to make a Robin movie that's going to hypnotize the world and destroy them. Actually, it's supposed to be a Teen Titans movie, but they screw it up. And I do love the Shia LaBeouf joke. I mean, it's a little easy to make fun of Shia LaBeouf, but when they have fake Slade come on the screen and they're like, it's an actor, I'm Shia LaBeouf, and then they just keep beating him up. There's just something funny that I laughed about that. Yeah, I looked to see if they got the actor to voice it. It didn't look like it. It didn't look like the character. It's James Arnold Taylor, Obi-Wan from the Clone Wars. Okay. There you go. Do it. Yeah, the whole plot is we got to divide the team. And again, in a team movie that's often the plot of the bad guys, we got to separate Robin from the rest of the Teen Titans. And yeah, we, we see the Teen Titans. They're not taking Hollywood seriously. They're crapping in toilets with no plumbing. They're eating all the craft services. Swamp Thing got an afro. Uh, Aquaman, again, very abused. They pop his swimming pool and it looks like he's just a fish out of water flipping back and forth. His eyes bulge. I like when they decide to rob the catering table. They call Superman's cell phone, and what's the song? Da, 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 da. Yeah, pranking, pretending they're Lois. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like these guys. They do make me laugh. They are having fun. And you can see exactly how it's playing into Slade's plan to take this narcissist Robin, who's so angry that they're ruining his movie, and getting him to choose jade wilson over his friends i like when they see the doomsday machine that they come up with an acronym that it, oh i should have picked a different name it's digitally ordering online movies streaming directly at you yeah it was pretty clever that somebody sat around and did that and yeah it was gonna be teen titans and i do like when the other titans get fired and cyborg's big thing is 
well, I guess I'm going to have to be a pro football star after all. And the others are like, that doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> no, but it's all concussions and reality dance shows. I mean, this movie's on point. This movie is on point. When it wants to really land a joke, it can. Oftentimes, it will cater to people smaller than me. But sometimes it will, again, compete with The Simpsons and really land those sharp satirical jabs. And that's fun. It keeps you awake. It keeps everyone engaged. But here's a key on comedy. You can't drag it out too long. We mentioned that with Lego Batman. Here, I'm laughing at some of the jokes, but around this point in the movie, I'm just feeling like I want to flip the channel. Like, I've watched enough Teen Titans Go. Teen Titans is a 15-minute cartoon, Teen Titans Go. It was a 30-minute special I watched when they went Hollywood. But after about a half an hour to 45 minutes of this, I was really ready to change the channel. Yes, there were some funny jokes, but I just felt length anytime there was plot anytime there was story any of this robin is going to be broken apart from his friends like the zack attack i was just wanting to be in a different theater i never felt length because again this is 88 minutes Mm -mm. but i will say this yeah when they try to get into the plot and because i'm an adult i know everything that's gonna happen like when robin he thinks he's on the set opening up a replica of the vault to get the crystal that slade needs it's really they've tricked him and he's really in the real teen titans vault i already know all that and so Yeah, I'm missing the jokes. I'm like, but it moves along. I mean, there's enough jokes. But yeah, I do feel like they kind of go away because they're like, I guess we got to tell some kind of story. Yeah, I do not feel like this movie is Lego Batman, which was a film that exhausted me. That was one where like, I literally need to stop this movie halfway and go take a breather because it is just too much coming at me at once. Here, it's an easy flow and it was over pretty quick. And yeah, there's just jokes. There's always something that amuses me, even when things are are not. I mean, while Robin is doing his movie, I was just laughing at how he must have had Botox. His face gets really distorted at one point. He has long hair and a 3D ass. Yeah, no, that's the movie star version. And they did an episode like that where they got to be serious. And there's some song (laughs) about them being serious. And they do this really exaggerated, almost like 90s image comic style art version of them. They did this in the Go Hollywood, too, is when they did the makeup. Raven had to be the makeup artist and when she did their makeup they all came out looking like big jaws and big heads of kind of like jay leno meets tom cruise and again i think about kids today and that must be what they think it is to be cool because look at our selfies look at all the things we post and you're right duck lips and all of that like it is a good satire on our overexposed photographed culture i again i think there's stuff here i think that it's easy to watch and it keeps going and yeah this plot by this point i realize jade and slade are in cahoots when it comes to the length i've often said no good movie is too long no bad movie is too short and i just the jokes weren't sustaining my entertainment i was not able to be engaged with this movie even for its 88 minutes is what i'm saying Yeah, I mean, I hear you saying that, but then I think, but then why did Lego Movie work for you? I think I clicked more with that plot of isolationism and wanting to have a friend and the Bat Family stuff worked better for me than Robin desiring a movie. Robin's not looking for acceptance. Robin's looking for superstardom. There was just something 
irksome about Robin for me. And when the other Titans go away is when I don't like this movie at all. I really realize the supporting Titans are all better to me and more fun to watch on screen than Robin. And I'll just say again, if if you have children, you worry about how social media is going to affect them. Yeah, I think you will be involved in this story. You you want Robin to learn fame isn't everything. Friendship is more important. It does come at a cost. They blow up. They live in this building that's shaped like a capital T. It gets blown up. I mean, it's he has no more bedroom anymore. And yeah, he thinks he has no friends. Obviously, he, he spends so much time leaving a voice message with them that they've actually come to his side before he's hung up. But yeah, it doesn't take much to get them back on point. But I do think, yeah, he... He lost his home and temporarily he lost his friends. And yeah, the Robin movie that they made are ultimately going to get him to snap out of the trance when he, he can't resist looking at the finished footage when they're going to air Robin the movie, even though he knows it's laced with the doomsday mind control. Yeah. The narcissism is strong in that one. Yeah. I mean, that's fun. I mean, I, I think that helps him feel distinct. From the other group. This was a very much a Robin focused film. I do feel again, the women, I just don't feel like make any Starfire. I just don't know what you would know about her based on just this movie, but they don't treat plot elements as that serious. My comparison, I worried that Incredibles 2 might be scary for some members of the audience because hypnosis can be a frightening thing for young children to see, to see adults get their minds zapped and turn against the kids, usually very frightening. There's nothing frightening about this. It's all gags. They don't play up Superman is going to use his heat vision on Cyborg. All the superheroes, once they get brainwashed, they just get zapped to that portal that Raven can make where the challengers of the unknown are. Yes. Again, it's just running gags and references, and that's probably the way to play it because it's, I mean, it's all over before I even know it. Suddenly, yeah, there's a giant robot and they... Bust it down because Robin gets Cyborg makes giant robot hands for him and he, he's able to punch it down. And they're singing a song, you know, Robin, use your tiny hands. No, Robins are large. And I enjoy it when they sing. It's better as a music video. I mean, that's a staple of all animated films, but particularly as comedy. I do. I credit South Park really for that. Like the idea of making of joke musicals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean. This doesn't hold a candle to bigger, longer, and uncut. That is the high bar of cartoon musicals for me. Very different comparisons. There. Like, different audiences, South Park in this. Again, one one is clearly about potty humor, and one is clearly about raunch. To me, it's the same thing. But yes, I do think that, yes, you wouldn't want young kids exposed to Team America. I mean, you, you want to be careful with South Park humor. This movie, it doesn't want to moralize too much. It kind of makes its point, and when they defeat Slade, and Robin wants to put a fine point on it, they cut him off. They they. Don't want him to do it. Yeah, it's pretty subversive that he's like, I am going to leave you talking somehow. He's just like clamped on the camera lens. I could not believe this last joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. I got to say, I'm just like, all right, birds and the bees. I'm going to ma- ask your parents where babies come from. <laughs> and the little girl sitting next to me, not my daughter, turned to her mother and was like, where do babies come from? <laughs> Awesome. Yes. Yeah, you really put a lot of people, well, not a lot of people, this didn't make much bank at the box <laughs> office, but you really put a lot of people on the spot that were in the theater. And then we do have a mid credit sequence, and yeah, other Titans, I first thought it was the same Titans, and then I realized the animation style was different. 
What am I looking at? Well, this version of the Teen Titans, I believe it was just called Teen Titans. It was on four, five, or six seasons. It had a anime style, or as my daughter calls it, that's the Chinese Teen Titans because she doesn't understand China, Japan, all that <laughs> differential when you're calling something anime. But yes, that this was an old series. And again, I think it has a big following, just like Batman the Animated Series does. I guess it's coming back somehow. I don't know. Maybe they're going to get a movie next. I googled and the answer's coming August 13th. We're recording before that. This show's already out. But there is going to be a new episode of Teen Titans Go called Tower Renovation and it promises to pick up on all of these threads including news about what's going to continue on Cartoon Network. That explains the very last line of the credits to be continued on Cartoon Network. Maybe people missed that because the last line actually goes to those Challengers of the Unknown. One of them goes, Challengers, I believe we may have missed the motion picture. But I was more paying attention to To Be Continued. But who's going to watch the continuation? Jacob, Stuart, do you recommend Teen Titans go to the movies? Jacob. Well, we're going to have to change the website. We're going to need four arrows up because I'm going to ask the number one Teen Titans Go fan, my daughter, if she recommends this. So seven-year-old, who's a big Teen Titans Go fan, what did you think of the movie? Would you recommend it? What'd you like? I give it a 10 out of 10. It was very funny. And the, my favorite part was when, when they were fighting the big robot Slade. And then he said, are you going to annoy me to death with your waffles? And then Beast Boy and Cyborg pushed away the waffles. Are the waffles a big joke on the show? Yes, there's a whole episode about waffles. Did they stick to the TV show? Do you think if people like the cartoon on TV, will they like this movie? Yes. They've still made fun of Robin's baby hands. So strong recommend, 10 out of 10. Yes. All right, well, what about you, Jacob? Well, as far as I go, look, I, I had a fun time here. It wasn't a torturous event to have to sit through this 88-minute cartoon. I laughed a lot. I had more fun than I expected. Does this need to be in the movie theaters? Well, I, I think ticket-goers have had their say. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Teen Titans, no movies. <laughs> yes. But, you know, here's my thing. That Lego Batman movie, that was like a slice of seven-layer cake. I'm just like, I can't barely finish this. I don't want anymore. This is light and fluffy. This cotton candy, it goes in, it dissolves in your mouth. You kind of have a pleasant taste, and you walk out. And that's that's how I feel about this. It's not a great film. I like the moral of the story that fame isn't the most important thing. I think it's a good thing for kids to see in this age of social media. Yeah, it's funny if you're a DC fan or just a comic book movie fan. A lot of jokes for you to enjoy. So recommend Stewart. yeah i you said everything that i was thinking i had more fun than i imagined i laughed more often than i did in deadpool 2 i didn't find my patience try the way i did in the overlong batman lego movie it's not a great movie i will say that no it's not a masterpiece yeah it does not belong in the movie theater it should be consumed at home but i did get a lot of enjoyment seeing these tv show creations come to the big screen i like the team i like their music and I laughed, yeah, enough to give it a, a solid recommend. And I really had to give it some thought. I enjoyed the jokes, but I didn't enjoy the experience of just having those jokes all so compressed in such a rapid fire motion. And I didn't like the lead character, but I liked his co-stars and I liked Slade and I liked the cast on this. I mean, the cast is just really fun for me to 
think about in that we've got Will Wheaton as the Flash and yeah, Pat Oswald as the Atom and his wife Meredith Salinger from Dream a Little Dream as Supergirl and and then we got Jimmy Kimmel as Batman and just I love the cast behind it the way I described it to Marjorie was this the jokes are so fun but so scattered and there's no build-up to the jokes. You could watch this movie in literally any order, and if the point is to laugh, then the story is so rote that you don't need to watch it chronologically, and that this would be great to watch in, like, 10-minute snippets on television. It's made for 10-second clips on social media. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to give it a weak recommend. It's weak, but I felt like there was enough enjoyment there, there was enough intelligence in the jokes... The humor made it good enough, but I wish I'd liked it more. I wish I'd been able to connect with the leads and connect more with the story. I connected with it more than I did Ant-Man and the Wasp. No, I liked Ant-Man and the Wasp a bit better. Okay. They both films had the same trailer, same audience. I'm going to remove a strength of my recommendation for each of the Titans that pooped in the fake toilet. (laughs) (laughs) You really just do not like poop jokes. I do not like poop jokes and I hate farts. Okay. But I love the challengers of the unknown. I got to figure out who the hell those are. But that is it for our DC movies until we get to Aquaman later this year. Could Aquaman be the best DC movie of the year or will that be Teen Titans? No, Teen Titans go. I'll call it right now. I really feel like we could flip a coin. Yeah, this Aquaman thing looks awful. Are you kidding? (laughs) You you know what's funny? I was watching just random YouTube videos and they kept opening up, you know, with those ads. And it's like, my father was a lighthouse keeper. I'm like, I don't want to see no ad for a movie about a lighthouse keeper. And then I learned, oh, that's the Aquaman trailer. (laughs) (laughs) All I can say with Teen Titans is we were wondering, we actually had a discussion. Two movies coming out the same weekend. That's never happened in the history of now playing that we have to review two movies that open the same weekend. Which do we do first? Mission Impossible or Teen Titans? Which will our listeners want more? I think we made the really right choice. Yeah, I don't remember it being a long debate. (laughs) It wasn't long, but it was a debate. But hey, now playing will go to the arcade again next week. We're going back to our video game retrospective series with a movie based on maybe the largest selling video game of all time, a huge epic movie that was beloved overseas <laughs> that might be considered animated. I don't know. Warcraft. I don't even understand what it is. I've never played the game. I don't know what you would do to play the game. I hope you can tell me how Duncan Jones got this. I mean, I liked his first two films. I remember when it came out here in the States, we got a lot of fans from England saying, why aren't you covering this? And I'm like, well, you should see the <laughs> lack of lines over here. But yeah, why not? I'll catch up and see what it was all about. And Maybe America was wrong. We We've certainly done that once or twice, but uh, I don't know. I loved Warcraft the game. I'll say that much. I played the hell out of the first three. I never got into Worlds of Warcraft, that online stuff, but I'm looking forward just to playing the game a little bit before watching the movie, because that was a fun game. Zog, zog. And then we're doing a movie I've never played the game for, but I will have by the time that review comes out. Tekken? Yeah, I thought it was Robotech. I didn't even know what this was. <laughs> it's a fighting game. It's a Street Fighter ripoff. Yeah. And then a movie, all I know about DOA Dead or Alive is there's a volleyball game where all the players dress like Starfire. 
It's not just a volleyball game. I thought that, that's what it was. Sexy volleyball. I thought it was too. It turns out it's also a fighting game. I don't know how it became sexy volleyball and fighting, but that's two great tastes and tastes great together. As for this Friday, we're going to continue our Pacino Gold Series. We did Dick Tracy last week. This Friday, Carlito's Way. Yeah, it's a reunion with Brian De Palma, the man that helped him create the Scarface legacy, but very different. I want to prepare people. I saw Carlito's Way long before I ever saw Scarface, and while there's a lot of elements that are the same behind the camera and in front, it leaves a different impression. Less cocaine, for sure. And then this weekend, patrons get another bonus show, New Jack City. Oh, boy, this one. Saw it a million times on cable. I do feel like it is been forgotten that either Blade or Wesley Snipes' personal prison troubles, it has eclipsed his career, but at one point it was the jewel in his crown. I want to go back and watch it for Wesley, and yeah, just because it's a hip-hop hood classic that is going to be an interesting comparison to Scarface. It's very much like that but in a different pitch. I'm looking forward to the music. I'm looking forward to Chris Rock, and I'm looking forward to seeing Judd Nelson. Yeah, he's in it somehow. (laughs) Good agent. And next week on the Platinum Feed, a movie so many people have asked us to cover over the 10 years we've been doing now playing, finally getting to it, finally found a reason to cover it, Heat, Pacino, De Niro, Kilmer, Michael Mann, Moody Shots. Yeah, big cult classic. Yeah, yeah, probably the most famous of the Pacino cop movies that we're covering, sort of building up uh, the climax. We got one more we found that we got to do. <laughs> Righteous Kill, a, a little bit beyond that. But yeah, but Heat is the, I think, uh, the apex of that Pacino cop retrospective. So we hope you can join us as now playing both to the movies week after week. So Stuart, Jacob, thank you for joining me. And until next time... Excelsior! They're stronger than I thought! Not too strong, actually fairly weak compared to me. Definitely my cardio is superior. Thank you for listening to this episode of Now Playing's DC Comics Movie Retrospective Series. Yes! That's how we do it! We hope you've enjoyed the show. But thanks so much for coming in. And I promise not to keep you in mind for future projects. Be sure to go to NowPlayingPodcast.com to hear reviews of all the DC Comics movies, including Batman, Man of Steel, the entire Superman series, Catwoman, Watchmen, Justice League, and much more. They're really making movies about every superhero. There was a Green Lantern movie, but we don't, we don't talk about that. You can also find reviews of other comic-based movies like The Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider-Man, Hellboy, Men in Black, Kick-Ass, Kingsman, and Howard the Duck. Every superhero is born from a tragic, life-changing event. For more movie review podcasts, visit the NowPlayingPodcast.com archives. There you'll find hundreds of film reviews including The Incredibles, The Godfather, Back to the Future, Die Hard, The Fast and the Furious, G.I. Joe, Transformers, and more and come back each week for another new movie review. Golly, thanks for taking me to the movies in this dangerous neighborhood, Dad. Now Playing relies on listener support to keep operating. Honey, I'm sorry. We're pretty much all dead. 
For our podcast's 10th anniversary, we have released over 150 donation podcasts through our Podbean page. But we have no choice. The crystals are not harmonized. The planet is collapsing. Available there are series like The Matrix, the Quentin Tarantino films, Planet of the Apes, Jurassic Park, Aliens, and Pirates of the Caribbean. Links to our Podbean page are available at nowplayingpodcast.com. We need something more cinematic. You can also join our Podbean crowdfunding campaign to help our show grow. Backers of $10 or more will receive exclusive bonus podcast reviews, including Scarface, Monster Trucks, Goodfellas, Beetlejuice, Galaxy Quest, and more. Plus, a new exclusive review added every month. This is the excellent plan! You can also donate to us directly via PayPal. Details can be found by clicking the banner at the top of our website, nowplayingpodcast.com. If you keep playing the fool, you'll never be seen as real heroes. Want 125 more Now Playing reviews? Also at nowplayingpodcast.com forward slash book, you can order Now Playing's film review collection, Underrated Movies We Recommend. This book has 125 reviews about films you probably haven't seen. But you should. Well, it is important to have dreams, I guess. You can also follow Now Playing on Google+, Facebook, and Twitter. There, the host post new episode announcements, movie reviews, and contests, where you can win movies and soundtracks. Since you came all this way, you guys want to hang? You can also help Now Playing by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. A link to Now Playing's iTunes listing can be found at nowplayingpodcast.com. We're still not bad enough, bro! Now Playing is produced by Arnie Carvalho. The whole world will be under my control! <gasps> now Playing's Teen Titans Review is edited by Arnie and Heath. It's time to clean up this city. Now Playing's Teen Titans Credit Narration by Brock. His name is really fun to say dramatically. The opinions expressed on Now Playing are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect the opinion of Venganza Media Incorporated. Because no one can withstand my powers of manipulation! Venganza Media Incorporated is not affiliated with, and this podcast has not been prepared, approved, or licensed by any entity that created the film analyzed herein. That wasn't even a crime, and you didn't save anything. All movie clips and music included in this podcast are the intellectual property of their respective copyright holders. They are included here for the purpose of review and no infringement is intended. <laughs> I think his dad is a cop! <laughs> now Playing Podcast is an exclusive trademark of and may not be used without the express written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. What is the point of all this? Now Playing's Teen Titans Review is the Venganza Media production, copyright 2018, and no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. All rights reserved. Trion Zinthos! I don't even know what they were going for with that. But yeah, this is more like a Powerpuff version of that in this movie. But is yeah, is she normally some kind of sex kitten from space? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it depends who's writing it. But yes, she has been played that way. I have a statue of her, actually. Uh, right down there. <laughs>
any females they'll make sexy into a statue. I'm sure there's a sexy raven statue out there somewhere. A lot of hair. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of ass, too. Okay. Yeah. Looks like Stormy Daniels. Oh. <laughs> now I have her looking at Stuart the whole podcast. Okay. Not a nervous trio. We have reviewed DC animation before, Mask of the Phantasm, one of our most controversial reviews ever. Because people can't see what's so obvious, it's a <laughs> subpar movie. <laughs> Turn that knife. Yeah, just pour that salt in those wounds. <laughs> I will. That people are crazy that that's great. What are you on? <laughs> Nostalgia. It's a wicked drug. Do people buy DVDs anymore? Well, they pay for digital purchases, too. Go to a Walmart. They're still buying DVDs. Mm, no. <laughs> you apparently aren't here every time we order a new batch of now playing movies. I order about 40 DVDs and movies a month on physical disc. And you feel like you're the average Joe? Did I say that? <laughs> well, we were talking about, you were like, it's going to sell a ton of copies. Are you buying them all? Well, <laughs> Here's my thing. That Lego Batman 2, that was like a seven-layer cake, like a slice of a s- Lego Batman 2. <laughs> that, that does not exist yet. <laughs> if it involves caca or pee-pee to go to this audience's level, I'm not down. I do not like fart jokes ever. Okay, but size jokes and, like, hysterical. That's not bathroom. That's not something you do in the bathroom. I guess I'm not playing this podcast for my daughters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just trying you to start, understand. You started off saying, Batman. I mean, you right there threw a gauntlet. Well, we got no problems with swears in front of them, but <laughs> other things in front of them we avoid. And his wife, Meredith Salinger from Dream a Little Dream as Wonder Woman, I believe. Supergirl. As Supergirl. And Halsey was Wonder Woman. I don't. I don't She's know. bad at love. The chain smoker song, Closer. She Is was Wonder Woman. The disease? Halsey? <laughs> That's palsy. This is Halsey, I think. Yeah, with an H. Oh, I thought you were saying with a P. I was... Yeah. No, I, I looked up the voice cast. I'm like, okay, that's some new millennial singer. I have no idea who it is. Oh, okay. That Chainsmokers song was inescapable, but... Oh, the Chainsmokers. Ugh. Yeah, should the one about the rover that you can't pay for? Yeah, I tried to escape. I didn't want to hear it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll never need to hear that again. Trio and Zinto.